Thank you, Bert. Amen. Please open your Bibles with me to John chapter 1. We're going to be reading this morning verses 51, uh, 35 to 50, 51. Hear then the word of God. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and follow Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Jesus saw, I'm sorry, I am. Um, Philip, uh, come and see. Jesus saw Nathaniel, verse 47. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming towards him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Behold, before Philip called you, when you were under the, the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I said to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we ask now for your blessing and the illumination of your Spirit as we turn to this passage from the Gospel of John. We pray, Lord, that we might know you and love you more this morning. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Until this point in the Gospel of John, we have learned about Jesus' identity. The secret about his identity is out. It is not a secret anymore. John the Baptist has testified, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And again, John has testified, He is the one on whom the Holy Spirit has descended and remained, means He is the chosen by God. And again, John the Baptist says, He is the one who baptizes baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So what John the Baptist is telling everybody here is that Jesus is not just a teacher or a prophet or a simple illuminated man. He is more than that. He is God. But just knowing these facts about Jesus is not enough. In the Gospel of John, we see that Jesus did not come to establish a new religion, but is interested in having a relationship with all those who encounter him. So interested is Jesus in having this kind of relationship that right at the beginning, when the first two disciples wanted to know more about him, he asked, what are you seeking? And let me tell you something now. That is a question that demands our consideration. What are we seeking by coming to Jesus? In the first verses that we just read, verse 35 to 38, we read, The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. In verse 38, Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? John the Baptist knew who Jesus was, and he pointed he, he pointed his disciples in the right direction. He testified, he is the Lamb of God. But that was John's personal testimony. That was John, John's personal revelation. That did not mean much to his disciples and may not mean much to you or me. It was just information the correct information, definitely, but just that. How many people heard from John the Baptist that Jesus was the Lamb of God? Our passage, our passage says that only two did something about it. These two disciples of John took 
action and followed Jesus. But even though their intentions were correct, even though their intention was right, the question Jesus asked was a profound one. He asked them, what are you seeking? He didn't tell them everything he could do for them. He asked them, what are you seeking? He didn't tell them the benefits of being his disciples. He asked them, what are you seeking? And that is a question for each of us as well this morning. What are we seeking? Someone from Jesus' protection from adversity. But they are quickly disappointed when they realized that following Jesus is not an insurance policy. Just think, just think for a moment of the time when Jesus put his disciples in a boat and sent them right into the eye of the storm. That was not safe for his disciples. That reminds me of the Chronicles of Narnia when Lucy is asking the great lion, Aslam, are you safe? He says, safe? I'm not safe. But I am good. Others expect from Jesus success and prosperity, maybe prestige or power. But there is a question Jesus wants us to consider today. What are we seeking? Are we seeking meaning, purpose, and significance in life? Are we seeking religion or self-improvement and human development? What are we seeking as followers of Jesus? The word seeking here in the text is a word that will come up again and again in the Gospel of John. Later we will read that Jews, the Jews were seeking to kill him. Others were seeking to stone him. The crowd was seeking the bread he multiplied. So when Jesus asked these two followers, what are you seeking? He was not asking, did you lose something? No. He meant what is the deepest desire of your heart? And these two disciples did not try to answer Jesus' question with something clever they had learned from the great theologian John the Baptist. They, in humility, call Jesus rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? 
In other words, they said to Jesus, we are so ignorant about you, but we are, we are willing to learn from you who you are. And the word staying they use here is the same word as abide or remain. You will find these words later in John chapter 15 when Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. They were saying to Jesus that they did not want more than to be with him, to stay with him, to remain with him, and to learn from him. They wanted to abide in Jesus. They were asking Jesus, open our eyes, tell us who you are. We want to hear you. Until now, they knew what John the Baptist had said. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But now, they wanted to learn firsthand who Jesus was. They were seeking to spend time with him and to stay with him. To remain in him. What a beautiful answer Jesus gave them. He replied to them, come and see. Come and see. A phrase the rabbis would use when explaining the scriptures. For example, the, the rabbis will use this expression to, to say, come and see how God showed his loyal love to Israel when they were slaves in Egypt. Or, come and see how God's faithfulness is seen in the scriptures, in the, in the scriptures with King David. The idea is to come and reflect on something. What Jesus told them was to come and see, ponder and meditate about himself through the scriptures. Come, I will tell you through the scriptures who am I, who I am. You see, these two first disciples desired to have Jesus and Jesus gave them the desire of their heart. So they could not later stop talking about him when they went away. You see, now they were like John the Baptist, telling everyone that they had found personally the Messiah. And that's what we read in verses 40 and 42. On one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. 
verse 41, he first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. When they found Jesus, they left with a new personal conviction of who Jesus was. They did not want to keep this finding for themselves. When they went away, the first thing that they did was to tell what they had found. They found the Messiah. The one promised through the scriptures, the savior of the world. I can see these two disciples shouting like John the Baptist with excitement. Behold, we have found the Messiah. Behold, we have, we have found the savior of the world. We have found the lamb of God who takes away the sin. And we don't know what motivated Simon to come after his brother Andrew to see Jesus. But when Jesus looked at him, he said, you will, be not, you will no longer be called Simon. You will be called Peter. When it says that Jesus looked at him, it means that Jesus looked very intently and carefully to Simon, almost pausing before saying something. Look at him without saying nothing. And after that, he changed his name. Jesus probably saw how long Simon had struggled with his character and the ups and downs of his emotions, his doubts, and maybe his mistakes. And without the need to ask him, what are you seeking? He knew immediately what the desire of his heart was, and he granted it. Jesus gave him a new name, a new beginning, and a new opportunity. A new nature. And that was enough for Peter to follow Jesus and never turn away from him again. Yes, he failed many times. He never depart from Jesus' side. And in the final verses of our passage, we find two older disciples of Jesus and now and how they met him. The first is Philip. We don't know much about who he was, only that he came from Galilee, a very shady area of Israel. And the exciting thing about this disciple is that it is Jesus who find him and call him to follow him. 
probably he was wondering, where is the Messiah? When I'm going to see the Messiah? I hear the rumor around that he is here among us. Can I meet him? But he was not looking for him. It was Jesus who was looking for him. And then in verse 45, we read that Philip in turn finds Nathaniel and, tell and tells him something really, really impressive. In verse 45, it says, Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. It's interesting to see here that each of those who meet Jesus somehow knew that Jesus was whom he claimed to be through the scriptures. Notice what he said to, to, to Nathaniel. It's from the law and from the prophet. Maybe Jesus took the time to explain, to expound the words of the prophets, the words of the law. But uh, this did not make sense to Nathaniel because he knew the scriptures as well, and very well. And with his knowledge of the scriptures, he answered to Philip, Nazareth. I mean, bro brother, you, you, you know the scriptures. There is nothing good that comes from Nazareth. So when Nathaniel comes to Jesus and Jesus tells him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel says, How do you know me? And Jesus answered, Well, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. With this simple statement, Jesus destroyed every argument Nathaniel had in his mind. He thought he was a knowledgeable person in the Holy Scriptures. He knew everything about the Messiah from the Scriptures, but had never met the Messiah. And these are two different things. You can know the Bible, but it's something completely different to meet Jesus and to know him personally. When Jesus 
showed him that he was the omnipresent God who transcends time and space is when Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. What a beautiful revelation. There he connect all his knowledge with the person. His expectations before meeting Jesus were very low. He knew everything about the Messiah, the promised king of Israel, through his education in Old Testament scriptures. But until he met Jesus, all that was just information. And notice what Jesus told him. Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? Verse 50. You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Nathaniel, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. I want to bring back the question that Jesus asked Andrew at the beginning of this passage. What are you seeking? Are we seeking a Jesus that will assure, assure us health and prosperity? Are we seeking a Jesus that will help us marry the person we want so we can have the family of our dreams, even with well-behaved kids included? <laughs> this passage tells us that encountering Jesus may, may not always give us the things we want. What this passage tells us is that when we seek Jesus for who he is, he will see, we will see heaven opened and angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. We will find Jesus opening the kingdom of heaven a communion with God, a relationship with Him, the forgiveness of sin, and eternal life. So the question for us is, do we want Him? Or do we want a genie in a bottle? that will grant us three wishes. Do you want him? Do you trust him even when you don't have what you want? Do you trust him even in the messiness of your own sin and its consequences? 
Do you trust in his forgiveness even when you know your character's flaws? Like Simon Peter. What are we seeking? When these five men, with the, when, when these five men found Jesus personally, they left everything because they found what they really need. My dear brothers and sisters, only in Him we find everything we need. He is not just story writing on paper. He is a person and He wants to have a relationship with all of us. And the rest will become secondary. Jesus is everything in life and forevermore. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. And thank you for pointing us to your son, Jesus Christ, who is everything for all of us. Forgives us, Lord, when when we have seeking you for things that we we need and want you to, to provide for us. Nothing wrong with that, but help us to focus ourselves in you, Jesus, and who you are and what we already have received in you, Jesus. And access to your Father in heaven, a forgiveness of our sins, an eternal salvation, and a place with you at your table when you come for a second time. We pray that as we go today, we will ponder as well. We will meditate as well about you from the scriptures. And we will desire to have a close relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand, brothers and sisters, and let's pray and let's sing, I'm sorry, this last song together. Oh.
Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. <coughs> Aim for restoration. Come for one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. <coughs> Amen.